Welcome to Living the Reclaim Life podcast. I'm Denisha. We're glad you're here for conversations that revive hope, inspire healing, and encourage you to live a vibrant life with Christ. So grab a cup of coffee as we chat with today's guest. Today, we kick off episode 34. And if you've missed any this month, I want to encourage you to go back and listen as Sally and I have talked about how to drop emotional baggage. We've talked about the reasons that friends and mentors are so important in our lives. And last week, we talked about the fact that God never leaves us and there is always hope. Today is entitled, Who Do You Think You Are? And Sally, you know, this is one of the pillars of this ministry. As we work with women to reclaim their story from past hurts and harm, so much of what we end up working through together boils down to who they think they are, who people have told them they are. And I can tell you, Sally, it's almost always in direct conflict with what God has to say about them. And, you know, we even designed a unique jewelry line. We have over 40 pieces and each one of them speaks to identity to remind women who they are in Christ. And we get to ship those pieces all over the world to give women something tangible as they put on a bracelet or necklace every day to remind them of who they are. So today, ladies, we're going to go there. We're going to be discussing our identity in Christ because we know that our true identity, if we know that, we will act different, we will react different, we will serve different, and we will live different. So Sally, let's kick it off. Let's, let's talk about identity. Why do most of us have a wrong identity of who we are? Well, there's several reasons. And thank you for having me again. Of course. <clears throat> have you ever had anybody come up and say, who do you think you are? Mm-hmm. And it kind of puts you on the defense. And it catches you off guard and you're like, well, let me start by asking you, who do you think you are? Who do you really believe you are? Well, I could start by saying I am a knight by marriage. I was born into the Worthington family from Pennsylvania. So I'm a Pennsylvanian. I'm the wife of, I was the wife of Jim for 53 years. I'm the mother of Eric, James, Lynn, and Persis. But where do I get my real identity? And, and Denisha, we all so struggle with this because maybe we were raised with conditional love. Maybe we were raised without grace. Maybe we weren't taught this, that when, when we become a Christ follower, we take on his identity. So I can say very boldly without pride that I am the daughter of the most high king. Mm -hmm. I am God's daughter. I am created in his image and for his purpose. I am not a mistake. Some of you may feel if you've been through the trauma of possibly what Denisha's ministry is all about, you were not born by chance. And I was made by a very unique plan, and God put every piece of me together, and I am his masterpiece. Wow, you say, but you don't know what I've done, or you don't know what's been done to me, or you don't know what lies I grew up with. Well, the big word there is lie. What lie have you chosen to believe? 
Have, do you believe the truth in who Christ says you are? Or have you believed a lie that can still carry on into your older years that I'm not worth anything, I have to work hard to be approved? You know, it's basically, we just don't understand grace. Hmm. And Jesus is all about grace. And sadly to say, I didn't learn about what grace really is until my older years. I didn't really raise my children with a lot of grace. It was like, you do what I say, what we say, or (laughs) consequences. You know, there's a wonderful quote from the book, The Search for Significance by Robert S. McGee. It's a book that was out years ago. And this quote has been so encouraging to me. I give it to a lot of women that have been in my Bible studies and such. It says, I am deeply loved completely forgiven, fully pleasing, and totally accepted by God, and complete in Christ. Mm-hmm. Now let this, let this think, sink in. Uh, this about covers it. Fully forgiven, deeply loved. And when you say, oh, God couldn't do that. Yes, that's exactly what he does. When we come to him, and pray the prayer, and he he just welcomes us into his family. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's just, come on. This past summer, I decided to have my will updated because several years had gone by since we had our will done. And in the meantime, my husband had passed away. Well, I had to prove, as I put my children in the will, I had to prove who they were. Mm-hmm. and. Of course, in our country, we generally prove that by our social security number. But I had to prove that at the time of my death, my inheritance would be divided among these four children. And that had to be proved. When we accept Christ, we get a huge, huge inheritance. What makes others around us know who we are? And why we are different, or do they? Are we different? Is that inheritance? How does that make us different? Well, simply because we don't have to work for it. Mm. We don't have to prove ourselves. It's given to us completely free. All he asks us for is our heart Mm. and, and our obedience. But he asks for our heart so that. He can now use us. We were, we were, there's two very important days in our life. The first day is the day we are born. The second day is knowing why we were born. Why was I created? And he, you know, he creates each of us so individually with all our gifts and our talents and our, our bad points. I mean, we're, we're a whole package. I, I know it's comforting to know that um, our gifts and talents to a very uh, strong degree can also be our weaknesses. Mm -hmm. So you might be a very loyal person, but then sometimes you, that person might hang on too long when they're supposed to shift gears or get out of a ministry or turn a corner or uh, maybe get rid of 
get out of an unhealthy relationship. So, you know, God knew what he was doing when he gave us our good uh, gifts and our good talent. And that's what makes us so unique. He just asks us to use them for his kingdom. You know, I, I think I mentioned a previous week that I'd been watching The Chosen. And I would recommend that to anyone. It just makes Jesus and his disciples come alive. But he picked some characters. I mean, he just sometimes looked at him and rolled his eyes and said, really? I think he picked all kinds of men and women to follow him. He knew each one would have their flaws, but he also picked them for their good points as well. He knew that Simon would deny him. He knew that Jesus would betray him, but he still picked them knowing that they would fulfill the purpose that God had made them for. Mm-hmm. And so we don't have to prove to the, we shouldn't have to prove to the world who we are. It should show. But boy, isn't that counter to what we're taught? You know, I grew up in the culture, kind of what you talked about, of having to earn or having to perform in order to receive that unconditional love. And it was, well, it was conditional. It wasn't unconditional, but it was about how well I was behaving, how much I accomplished. Those were the things that got me, when you say deeply loved, completely forgiven, I had to earn those things in the natural So it's such a different mindset to know that that comes just because of Jesus. Exactly. Uh, We, I don't think there's too many human beings that really understand his unconditional love. He is a non-fault finding God. He doesn't wait for you to be a certain way. And then he accepts you. You go to him. He accepts you and it's, it's, there's no conditions. And that is a relationship that few of us have in the um, physical realm. I mean, only a God of all gods, the God of the universe can love us with that kind of love. And we're like, now, wait a minute, but you don't know what I did, or I'm not good enough, or God could never forgive me for you filling your own blank friends and God goes yes I can mm-hmm. and I will and we have to ask him you know I like the story that when Satan shows us his photo album it's like look what you did here look what you did here look what you did there when Jesus shows us his photo album the pages are pure white mm-hmm. and all of our sin all of our choices have been wiped away as soon as we receive him. He died on that cross for me to receive him unconditionally, no matter what's in my past, whether I have chosen abortion as a 16-year-old or had an affair in my marriage or, or whatever, you plug in your reason and there's nothing you can do that God will not clean our slate and receive us. I mean, that's just what he does. It's all inclusive. And sure, our life, our life is, is our choices and some choices that were made for us. We were put in some families 
or whatever that we did not choose, but he just still can take us and wash us clean and accept us. And if we don't go to him for that unconditional love, we will become tainted and bitter and hateful, and we will become unlovable because people that try to do it themselves Mm. become self-reliant and self-sufficient. And what is that? It's all about me. Mm-hmm. All about number one. You and know, I have lived there. <laughs> I have <laughs> lived in that spot where I thought I could fix it. I was trying to find righteousness through what I could do and how well I could perform. And it is definitely not about how well I can perform or what I can do. It's all in who, like you said, when we accept Christ, it's all in what he's already done for us. But then we get stuck in that wrong identity. We get stuck in those places of thinking we can do it. So why why do you think we get stuck in that, stuck in that place? I mean, I know I've been there. I couldn't tell you why. I can just tell you it was miserable. Um, And I still find myself, you know, wavering back into when I forget who I am in him. And I begin to think it's about me (laughs) or that I can do something on my own. But what, why do you think we get stuck there, Sally? Because we don't believe the nature of Christ. We're so human. We, you know, we can turn on people if they hurt us. And we're used to this selfish behavior, putting self first. I mean, I can get really ugly. You know, I remember, especially after Jim died, I missed him and who he brought into our marriage so much that I began to look to my children for these things and, you know, they couldn't give them to me, you know, those sweet compliments and that, I don't know, just the love that he had for me. And it got a little ugly because they're like, wait a minute, mom, we can't provide that. But Jesus provides us with this love that we just, most of us, I would say, are not used to. And we have to accept it fully and walk in it. And maybe sometimes we just keep telling ourselves, no, I am deeply loved, fully forgiven. Mm-hmm. And we keep telling ourselves till it becomes a truth. Uh, but it, there's a wonderful scripture in Ephesians 4.32 that says that we do need to get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger. And I talked some about that uh, a week ago. We need to get rid of that baggage. And then we can come to him and receive what all he has for us and know that we were created exactly as he wanted. If you can look at Paul, Paul is the one man that probably got the gospel throughout the world due to Paul. And it's known in the Bible that Paul had a thorn in his flesh. And I believe you know, I kind of have my speculations of what that might have been. God used Paul mightily. And Paul prayed three times for him to take it away. I've prayed for God to take away my anxiety. And it hasn't fully happened. He did heal my depression. Paul was just an imperfect man that God chose to use. And we have the gospel here in the United States because of Paul. You know, so Our journey is just to fulfill his purpose. And he can't do that as long as we're down in the muck and the mire and believing like 
I'm a bad person. Nobody could love me again. Mm -hmm. And that is just not truth because there's nothing impossible with God. Nothing. Amen. I'm hearing a difference in who we are and who we were created to be or who we think we are and who we are created to be and what you're saying. What's the difference between that? Do you think like who, who we are, who our, our knowledge of our identity is rooted in. And then yet there's the, who we were created to be. So things we hold on, on the earthly, on the earthly side, things that we hold on to about ourselves. And then there's the plan and the purposes that God has for us. What are, what are the differences between those two? It really boils down to a very simple picture of driving a car. Hmm. I might ask you who is driving your car. Hmm. You or is he? I think of a throne, a big throne, a wonderful, fancy throne with gold on it. Who's on that throne? You or him? And I think sometimes we tell him to move over and we get back in the control of things because we forget that he is in control of everything, even the glitches in our life. But who's on that throne? I think we need to almost be reminded of that daily, like, you're not running your life. You can read every self-help book out there, and I'm not saying they're wrong or bad, but if you don't know who you really are and you're not in the passenger side and you're not at his feet rather than up on his throne, um, life isn't going to go as expected and what you were created for. He takes it all. It's all part of our story, the good and the bad, and every what we would call bad part of our life, it's in a book and it's up on our shelf and it's part of our story. It's part of the whole library of our life. And, you know, he just says, come to me. Years ago, I wrote a children's book, the first book I've had published. I've only had two. And this was based on a true story of when my I was babysitting my grandson, who was then around five or six. He's 18 almost now. And he broke my very favorite angel. It wasn't, you know, on purpose. He, he just knocked it off and it broke it a million pieces. And my husband took it out to the garage and he put it all back together. Mm-hmm. And the, the creases, the breaks where he glued it, I realized were shiny. Mm. and glowed Mm. and I'm in bed one night and Jesus says that's how I see you when I put you back together that's what makes you who you are that's what makes you glow and we're better than we were before I know there's people out there that think everything in our life should be perfect I should never be sick a day Well, there are scriptures in God's word, and I I don't for a minute question them that says, by his stripes, we are healed. But there's times that things just happen, and we don't understand it, but still it's been allowed by God. And they're the hard things to accept that this is part of who Sally is as I receive my identity in Christ. You know, we have to ask. We, We just, we have to ask. And one thing I would caution people about is it says in the Old Testament that he is the potter and we are the clay. How many times do we murmur 
we don't like how the potter made that clay or that mm-hmm. preach it, Sally. Yes. Uh, murmur, 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 murmur. And the children of Israel just murmured. And it's like, whoa, he is the potter. We are the clay. And we need to be moldable. And we need to trust him 100%. He knows what he's doing. And I just want to sum up my thoughts. If you have any questions, Denisha, feel free to interrupt. But no, number one, you're not a mistake or a surprise to God. He knew exactly what he was doing when he created you. He had a purpose and he thought, oh, I'm going to create Denisha for this purpose. It might not be filled until she's uh, grown up and a mother of three, but I'm making Denisha for this purpose. Number two, he loved me enough to die for me and give me eternal life. Just friends, if you haven't done that, just really take some time after the podcast and just say, Lord, I just receive you into my life. Let him do the molding and the making. Let him in your driver's seat. Know that you never, ever have to earn God's love. You are always good enough for him. And a dear friend, actually our pastor's wife said to me one time when I was going through something, she said, God says all things work together for good. And you might say, yeah, but not this. Well, even this situation, God says all things work together for good. And she said to me, Sally, if it's not good, it's not done yet. Hmm. I love that. So who do you think you are? Well, I'm a daughter of the Most High King. Who wouldn't want to be royalty? We are royalty. You want that title. Stop believing those lies. Accept Christ's gift of salvation. You are blessed and you are the apple of his eye. Mm. There's so much love in what you're saying, Sally. And I know, you know, for, for those of us, you know, that have a relationship with the Lord and see God as the father, there's such a love that's there. That's you you can say these things confidently because of that relationship that you have with him. But sometimes it can be really difficult to accept the father's love because oftentimes we put our earthly father, our earthly parents, we put the things we've experienced, right? into who God is. We think he's like, you know, what we've seen here on earth. Why is it so difficult to accept the father's love? That other image is what we grew up with. We knew nothing different. Sometimes children of abused homes don't even realize they were abused. You know, it's the norm. We grow up learning from those around us. That's why I personally wish I had done a better job of parenting. My children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren know they're very loved now. Growing up, they might have questioned that when they did not perform. We just have to undo those thoughts. And friends, it's not easy. You know, it takes time to walk that out. It takes time to get rid of all the stuff, the lies, and then believe the truth. And that's basically what we're doing. We're exchanging Mm -hmm. lies for truth. 
but the word of God is truth. And his truth says that I am the apple of his eye. His truth says I am blessed. His truth says that he will even use us in our older years. When you think of the the story of the prodigal that all of us know, he didn't go after the prodigal. But when the prodigal came home, the father was there with open Mm -hmm. arms. To me, that's such a beautiful picture of how much Jesus loves us. There's a, a blessing that Paul gave us in Acts 20, 32. He says, now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. And sanctified is a big word, but it only, it it means simply that we know Christ, we are part of his family through Christ dying for us, not anything I've done. We are brought into the family and loved unconditionally. And that is my inheritance. That's beautiful. And if we know that that is our inheritance, and we know that that's our true identity, right? As daughters of the king, I love that. Then our life and our actions should reflect that. How we talk to ourselves should reflect that. What we believe about ourselves should reflect what he has to say about us. Absolutely. And you know, he he knows us inside out. He knows what we need. He knows what shape to make us. He knows everything, and and I really do want to make a big point out of the murmuring. I murmur. I'm, <laughs> I can be a real murmurer. But you know, when God is shaping this, he knows so much better than we do what the final product should be. Some things we've gone through, we question, we never liked. Who likes pain? Who likes divorce? Who likes raising a child that you know, wants to go their own way or a child that's on the streets with addictions. Who wants this? None of us, but all of it, he he knows what he's doing from the master plan. And the master plan is good. It is good. And I serve a loving father and he only wants my best. It's so much better when we learn that at a younger age. (laughs) Right. But we spend a lot, yes. a lot longer of our life reflecting the truth, and believing those Amen. lies. Amen. Such a good point. Sally, I love the example of the angel being put back together and glowing in those places. If a woman was listening right now and she was thinking, yeah, I'm the million pieces on the floor. I'm the million pieces that God's kind of scooping up and going to take to the garage, to the repair shop to fix up. Would you pray for her? Would you meet her there in prayer? Yes, I would love to. Father, you know each of us so intimately as we do our children. So Father, you know the women and and the men that are out there listening to this broadcast and are hurting so bad. And they don't think their pieces can be put back together. I think of last weekend being with my great-grandchildren and them struggling at ages one and three to put a puzzle together and the joy of getting that last piece in. And Father, that's how you feel. You take all of our broken pieces Mm 
and you glue us and you mold us and you heal us because that is who you are. You're the great healer. And Father, you have touched my life. You have taken away my depression. You have healed so many things in our life. You have brought kids to us that had no homes and we we could supply them with those homes. And Father, you've, you do your mighty work, even with us glued together, because we are more beautiful then than we were before. And it's those crack lines that he's come and healed and put together. So if you don't know this, Christ, just bow your head and say, I've messed up. I can't do it on my own. I am allowing you to sit on that throne. And I will trust you 100%, whether I feel it or not, that you know what's best for me. And you fill in your name. You know what's best for me because you are a good, good father. Amen. Amen. Sally, thank you so much. You're welcome. And ladies, if you're listening and you're thinking, this is hard to walk out on my own. If you don't have a support system that's standing alongside you, that's reminding you like Sally did today of the truth of what God has to say about you, I want to encourage you to join us. We have a private Facebook group. It's called Living the Reclaimed Life, just like the podcast. And on that Facebook group, you're going to find a community of women doing real life together. We get messages constantly of women saying, you know, here's what's actually happening in my life, and I don't have a safe place to process this. And our hope is to just bring Jesus, bring hope and healing and community together. Um, So check it out. Join that group. Um, It is for women only. Uh, But join that group and join a community of women who are all saying together, we are going to defy what the world tells us and we are going to believe the truth. And who do we think we are? We are daughters of the King. Join us there. Thanks for listening. I pray you found hope in today's conversation and maybe even feel a little less alone in your story. Stay connected with us on Facebook and Instagram at Reclaimed Story. Want to learn more about living a reclaimed life and how you can be a part of our growing community of reclaimers? Check out our website at reclaimstory.com. All of those links and more will be in the show notes. And if you enjoyed this inspirational podcast, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. That is a huge help in helping us reach more people to live the reclaimed life. Thank you so much for listening. 